Welcome to Mox on the Mic, your exclusive look into all things Chattanooga athletics. Here's your host, Chris Goforth. Welcome in this week to Mox on the Mic. Special guest this week, former Chattanooga footballer, former Chattanooga wrestler, Torres Finney. He has turned his focus now after his uh, career here at Chattanooga wrapped up turned his focus towards mixed martial arts and MMA fighting, and he's turned out to be a really good one. As a matter of fact, he is headed to Vegas in October. He will be on a UFC event uh, in October. We're going to talk to Torres about that. He'll tell you a little bit about his background and kind of that journey from, from being a mock to becoming a fighter. So thanks to uh, Torres for giving us a little bit of time. We'll get to that here in just a minute. Always uh, want to remind you, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review to Mox on the Mic. You'll get the latest episodes downloaded right to your smartphone uh, whenever and wherever you may be each and every week. Torres Finney, a former Chattanooga Mock football player. He is our guest this week on Mox on the Mic. Well, Torres, I know there's some big news for you, and and we'll get to that here in in just a second. But what is the story behind uh, your journey into into mixed martial arts? Where did this uh, Where did this come from? Well, you know, Chris, um, man, it's been a blessing, and uh, uh, man, you know that last year in 2020, you know, while I was at UTC, and uh, COVID had hit. And, you know, a little bit of a reality check came into play. Um, I was, uh, you know, I knew I knew I wasn't going to go much after the football season, you know, me playing football. And I had started to get an internship back at home in my hometown of Macon, Georgia. And um, I was like, well, if this is what I'm going to do, you know, um, I just felt like I still had a few more athletic years in my life. I, I said, man, I just don't think this is the this is the end for me. And uh, what I did was I just started, I found this gym while I was still playing football, even though we was around the COVID time and, you know, we didn't know if we was going to have a season or not. I started coming to this gym called the Gogi Combatives um, in East Ridge. And it was a little small gym right beside the Amigos restaurant, uh, Mexican restaurant. And um, I, I would just keep going to it, even though, uh, some people might probably not know or will will know now, but uh, they would try to tell us while we was in school, like, no, don't go out, don't go out. And uh, sometimes I would sneak out of the dorm just to go, just to get to do a little training. And um, um, I, I liked it. I never got COVID or anything, but I did enjoy it and I liked it. And um, yeah, it was just a, it just something that grew on me. And if anybody know my background, you know, I come from a background of wrestling and I've been wrestling all my life. So it was something that I wanted to do and I felt like I enjoyed it. So did you ever take like karate or jujitsu or did you ever study any of those types of martial arts? Uh, no, sir. Actually, um, like I said, so I grew up in, you know, everybody knows I grew up wrestling all my life and, uh, jiu-jitsu is very similar to a grap or wrestling because it's a grappling art. But the thing is, is, um, you know, you have to learn a lot of different holes. You got to understand positionals. You got to understand um, where to place your body, where not to place it. And I think for um, for me, it was easy for me to adapt. You know, being a wrestler it was pretty easy to adapt to grappling in that aspect. 
But uh, I would say if you had to say there was a tough part to get accustomed to, it was the striking, you know, learning how to kick, learning how to take a kick, learning how to take a punch. So, you know, doing that after never really ever hitting anybody besides hitting somebody with my body in football <laughs> and never punching nobody ever, um, that was new to become adaptive to. But besides that, it didn't take long. I mean, if you got a little bit of a mean streak, you know, you can you can do a little bit of fighting, you know, even though I never really got it ever into a fight outside of, uh, you know, really never really ever got a fight ever outside in the real world. But, you know, probably a little tussle here and there in football. But besides that, um, yeah, just adapting to, you know, punching guys in the face, getting accustomed to getting hit in the face and, uh, you know, let's learn how to fight and, you know, Oh, it was August 3rd of 2020. We were still, you know, we didn't play until August 24th against uh, Western Kentucky. And uh, I'll never forget, we had a scrimmage game on August 3rd. And during that scrimmage game, you know, I'm sorry, during that scrimmage against each other, I played like 60 plays. We ran sprints. Coach Wright made us run sprints. We ran 12 100-yard sprints. Right after I left, and it was funny because some of my teammates, uh, I actually remember uh, uh, Devonche Maxwell. He was like, "Finny, man, we'll vouch for you. We know you got to fight, man. Like, if you if you leave, you know, you wouldn't have no problem." And I was like, "Man, I don't want to get in trouble from the coaches because if I leave this sprint, I'm going to be in worse trouble." <laughs> so um, I'm gonna never forget, man. Right after we ran all those sprints, uh, I left, went back to the uh, gym, went back to the Agogi shower, did everything. My coach, Matt Harris, he drove me all the way up to Knoxville, and I was blessed in that first-ever amateur fight to get the uh, finish in 11 seconds. So good thing I didn't have to go any further because uh, I was a little tired after that. I slept all the way there. <laughs> so in when it comes to an MMA bout for you, is it is it more about trying to get the guy on the mat so you can take advantage of your wrestling background? Do you feel like you're better on the mat than you are on your feet? Uh, yes, sir. Um, and that's the, you know, sometimes that's sometimes the misconception, you know, some people think, um, you know, I don't do much striking on the feet mainly because I was a pretty, uh, good wrestler. And, um, you know, even though I just never had a real opportunity to do a lot of at UTC because I was playing football. I mean, I did get recruited from UTC and from, from a lot of colleges to wrestle, you know, I, I play uh place ninth at nationals coming out of high school and I, I was a solid wrestler so I always have that after been doing it all my life in my back pocket so like my coach said you know we have a formula to winning you know why I take away from it so me going to every fight I go in um you know I strike and then I start looking for my openings and one thing about it you know my openings are there it's all about setups it's all about um um looking for your entries and. You know, I've just, you know, I've just worked on those things a lot because one thing about it, I'm, I'm a full-time MMA fighter. I've been full-time uh, since February, uh, well, March of 2021. So, um, I, you know, when you just train full-time only, you know, you're going to continue to get better, you know, better than some people that just train averagely along with a job. So this is one of my, you know, biggest things. And, Yes, my goal every time in a fight is to get the guy to the mat. My goal every time in a fight is to get the guy to the ground because not only that, like John Jones said, you know, me and John Jones are signed with the same management company, first round management. Um, the best way to beat somebody is to ground and pound them out. The best way to beat somebody is to get them down on the mat and beat them up, um, well, basically take them out on the mat, get a technical knockout or a, or a clean knockout because 
their their opportunities on the mat um, decreased uh, immensely. I mean, it probably goes from 50. Anybody can get clipped on the feet. You know, punches chance. Anybody can get caught. But on the ground, you can't mistakenly submit somebody. You can't mistakenly get out grappled. You know, that you don't that stuff don't mistakenly happen. All right. You either better grapple or you're not. So uh I take that mistake factor out and you know, try my best to, you know, I'm the dominant fighter and you can't do nothing about it. You're such a strong guy. Um is there a do you just want to like you know, get your hands on them and almost just overpower somebody. Is there a, the temptation to do that? Uh, yes, sir. You know, um, it, it is, it is at times, uh, you know, it, it is fun, man. Like when you can hold another man down against his will is one of the best feelings in the world. Um, especially like I don't fought a lot of tough guys. So it's not like I'm holding down like anybody I'm holding down guys that are, Beating other pros, guys that were five and one, guys that were undefeated, guys that have beaten top tier guys throughout the country, and to be able to like go in and you know dominate these guys against their against their will is you know it's, it's, it's sometimes pretty humbling because you're like man, you know after looking at their resume, after looking at what they do, but yes, the strength is a part of my factor. You know, I, I know. All those years of football, all those years of growing up doing strength conditioning, I know me being strong is a factor. So, um, but also another thing that's a factor is my height. You know, a lot of people look at my height, me being 5'7 in the middleweight division, the average height probably in the middleweight division is probably like 5'11, sometimes six foot, you know. But my height, I've always been the shorter. I've been short throughout my whole wrestling career. I've been short throughout my whole football career so height never makes a difference for me you know a lot of people but what a lot of people don't understand is i'm most of the time i probably only one fight in my entire career um but i have always had the reach advantage you know i have really long arms even with my shortness and uh i have a 76 inch reach and wow. even even in this uh fight coming to in in vegas um i'm, I'm gonna have the reach advantage so um, I've always had the the reach advantage and, you know, having that type of thing, that aspect of going into a fight is uh, always been, you know, my advantage. They were like, oh, man, he's not going to get me from that distance. And I'm able to because they don't ever expect it. And it's hard to simulate a 570, 76-inch reach strong guy. How many guys you know walking around like that, <laughs> that can wrestle? So <laughs> it's a blessing to have that in my back pocket. Now, what about boxing? Um, yes. So also around 2020, actually, before I started doing MMA, um, I started going, well, it was in late 2019. So when I had, uh, after I was coming off injury, um, you know, the season had just ended in, uh, for football for me and I was just trying to do something to stay in shape. Um, you know, we had just got done, but I didn't have an opportunity much at the football season because I was hurt majority of the season. I came back at the latter end, but I still didn't get a chance to play. And I started going to uh, Red Bank Boxing. And um, if you want to say if that's the – my first martial arts is wrestling, but I've been doing it all my life. But uh, if anything that introduced me to the striking aspect was boxing. And I started going to Red Bank Boxing, um, you know, rest in peace to uh, the late Skipper, uh, Skipper Banks. Um, but I, I was there training and, and um, you know, he helped me out. All those guys helped me out with the basics. Um, Clint Pfeiffer, um, you know, uh, Mitch Pruitt, uh, Jackie, 
there, there, there was a lot of people that really helped me um, out there, and uh, it was pretty cool. And and um, it was a really good opportunity for me to learn the basics of fighting. And never once did I ever think, you know, a lot of guys were like, man, with your way you your stance is, you should think about doing MMA. And I was like, ah, I never thought about that. But it started to creep in a little bit, you know, when you you could sit there and box and they're like, well, you could take them down and beat, beat on them even worse. And I'm like, well, that actually could be something. <laughs> so and what's funny is, you know, I have uh, the 11 second knockout on the feet. You know, I had at the time as an amateur, I had one of the fastest knockouts um, in um, one of the fastest knockouts in U.S. history uh, in the United States uh, was five seconds. So uh, for amateur. So, I, you know, I had that record. Now, it got broken, actually, in one of my cars. I just main evented somebody broken and beat it in like two seconds. So I'm like, freak. Uh, I was on the car and I was back warming up and I saw it on the screen. I was like, dog. So I break my freaking record. But, you know, but besides that, you know, so I have some on the feet things and I have showcased a lot of the things, my skills on the feet. But um, my goal every time is going and uh, get the job done on, on the ground. When did you become an, an MMA fan? Were you the were you the guy in the dorm trying to get everybody together to go in on the pay-per-view? Uh, how, how did you how did you get into it from a from a fan perspective? Um, so I'm, um, I'm be honest with you. Um, I never really grew up watching MMA. Um, I got into it, I would say about 2000. So right after so freshman year in college, um, we had a guy that y'all probably remember as well named Emory Norrid. He was the long snapper at UTC. Uh, now, even though he was a long snapper, Emory would sometimes leave and go do MMA practice. And he started doing a few MMA. He had a few MMA amateur bouts. Um, and he would, um, you know, talk about it. And he used to ask me sometimes after football practice to help him out with some wrestling. Um, because obviously he knew my wrestling background. Plus I was on a wrestling team. You know, I did wrestling after that season. And I would help him out a little bit with wrestling. But he, you know, he would talk to me about this and that, and it, it, it caught my interest. And I was like, ah, I mean, I still never, I said, I never do that. It's so funny how, man, you know, times have changed. You know, it's funny how God put blessings in your life. Cause I used to always say, man, I ain't doing no fighting. He's like, man, you'll be all right. At I said, like, I ain't doing none of that. And people used to even tell me that in high school. I said, like, I ain't doing no MMA fighting, punching nobody in the face. And uh, it's funny how that tune changed real quick. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, Emory, uh, he, he got me into it a little bit, and I started uh, watching, you know, I watched the second ever Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. Um, we had a bunch of guys get together. We all went to uh, Buffalo Wild Wings one time, and that's the first time I had ever watched uh, MMA pay-per-view. And then, I, you know, I stayed up with it a little bit. I mean, at that time, we all probably a lot of people's all Conor McGregor fans, and I was one of them, too. Now I'm not, not too much of one now, but uh, – we was all big Conor McGregor fans, and I was watching a lot of all his stuff and his mindset. It's pretty cool to watch. And then, like, his growth, and then I just kept watching it a little bit. Then I fell off from watching it, but when COVID hit, you know, when I started boxing, it is something that grew back on me, and I was like, I feel like I can do this. I feel like I can uh, do this sport. You know, I feel like this is a, this is a chance that I would like to take. And 
if anybody remember back in January of 2020, I, I in my amateur boxing, um, it was amateur boxing, but I did lose that fight. I lost by a unanimous decision, but it was it was it wasn't more like it was funny how a lot of people kept telling me you know well that fighting it just ain't for you. It's funny how I'm the one that didn't want to fight, but after having a boxing match, the first thing I was like, man, I want to do more of that. And you know, it's a lot of people like, well, that might not be for you. And I'm like, well, I've only been boxing for three months compared to the guy I actually fought against. I pulled to fought against this other guy, but he pulled out. I fought against a guy that had two years of experience and he had nine fights. I say, if you give me that much experience, give me two years, see where I'm at. You know, that's the way I that was the way my mindset was. You know, okay, I came up short, but just because I lost doesn't mean like uh, I'm gonna quit on myself. I said, you know, like give me my chance, give me two years, and let's see where I go. So it's it, you know, I'm thankful that I had the mindset not to just quit because I took a loss in an amateur boxing match that literally means nothing at all. You know, it's all about experience when you're amateur. So um, I'm glad that uh. I'm, I'm thankful for that, you know, because it puts me in a situation I, I feel like I am in right now. It helped me work hard and get better. Let's talk about the situation you're in right now. Uh, you're headed to Vegas to be on a UFC card. Uh, a little bit about how this came to be. So um, we, so I had fought in April and talked with my management team, first round management. Uh, um, I, I was really thinking, you know, this is a, that I potentially could have had that shot then after April, but management team said uh, one of the matchmakers named Mick Maynard at uh, UFC wanted to see more. They wanted to see me get one more in, and I was like, okay. So UFC came to Nashville uh, this past weekend on Saturday, and, you know, they do the weigh-ins on Friday. So they had a lot of guys uh, that was that was within the area, and the match some of the matchmakers was there. So – uh, some of the UFC guys came down on that Friday night, which we like the car that I was fighting on was on that Friday. So the goal was to get on that car, which I did. It was hard for me to find an opponent, but I got one. And, um, you know, my goal was to go in there and get the finish, you know, go in there and dominate. And I went in there and dominated, got him out of there in the first round. And, you know, that next morning, you know, uh, my, my me and my agent, we was, after we, we all left the house, uh, we was all talking to each other, and uh, we gave each other a hug. And I was like, "Man, I feel like this is the one." He's like, "I hope so too." So, as he was heading towards the airport, um, and I was heading back from Nashville, we were riding. I get a call, and I'm sitting, thinking my agent left something in the house. And he calls me. He said, "What are you doing on October 10th?" And I'm like, "Oh man, because I know. See, I know the dates really well for the UFC and the Dana White Contender Series." So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew exactly what he was talking about and man. And I'm so blessed, man. I was so happy. It was so cool to finally get the call that I've been, you know, working really hard for. And, um, you know, it, it hit me, you know, it finally uh, hit me. And I was like, man, this is, you know, just being only in this game for three years, you know, this is, this is a really quick process for anybody, you know, as an amateur, I only did one year as an amateur when most amateurs do a few years, you know, then I've been a pro for two years. You know, I was a pro last. I turned pro last year in February, and just my second year as a professional, I'm already about to go to Vegas and fight. And that's just, uh, man, that's a. It, it hits me because I, you know, you don't expect you know opportunities like this, you know. And I'm just so thankful and blessed to be able to have this opportunity, man. And uh, 
I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm, I'm going to, it's going to be the best training camp ever, man. And I'm so excited. What's the, uh, what's the venue? Where's this ha taking place at? Um, be taking place at the UFC apex, um, in Las Vegas. So it's right there on the, the UFC has like his own facilities and, uh, it'll be, they have the UFC PI on one side, which is a really big building. I've been in it, but before it's really nice and phenomenal. Um, and then on the other side is where they host their uh, events. They were used to host those events during the COVID, during uh, during the time of COVID. Um, but they just kept hosting them, you know, mainly probably because once ESPN bought in on a contract, um, they only, you know, they ain't got to really pay too much of an overhead price. But they still go to a lot of arenas. Like they were just, like I said, just in Nashville. They go to a lot of arenas. But uh, the Dana White contender usually is always held at the UFC Apex. Um you go there and fight, man, is an uh, opportunity. You get the contract. So, yes, sir. Who are you fighting against? Um, his name is Yuri Panarov. Um, Yuri has uh, Yuri has been fighting for very similar um, amount of time. Well, I'll tell you about it. He's been fighting since 2016. Yeah, he's been fighting since 2016, 2017. So, he has a little bit more experience than me, but um, – he turned pro about 2020. So, um, you know, so he, he, we've been pro, but I mean, I've been pro for two years. He's been pro basically for three. Um, but we're both undefeated. We're both six and oh. Um, he has a grappling background as well. So, but the thing is, uh, he didn't, even though he's from Russia, he's from Russia, but he never grew up wrestling. You know, he grew up uh, actually playing soccer, but then he joined, finally got into, mixed martial arts and he enjoyed it. So it was something he got into while he was in high school and, uh, uh, he's been very successful at it. So, um, but I, I really love the matchup against the man It's uh, it's a really good matchup for me. I feel like, and, uh, he, he does a lot of good things. And, uh, so, you know, so do I, but I feel like some of my strengths are his weaknesses. How can people watch on October 10th? Um, you can watch, uh, go to ESPN, uh, and, and ESPN plus it'll be live on, uh, on, uh, October 10th on for sure. ESPN plus for sure. ESPN plus sometimes, sometimes depending on what happens on, uh, on that day, they will show it on ESPN, but for sure on ESPN plus. So you'll definitely uh, see it live. Uh, Dana White will be there in attendance and, um, It'll be a really good show, man. I actually, I think I got a text from my agent yesterday. Potentially, I might be the main event, so that'll be really, that'll be really cool. Um, yeah, the main event in Vegas. Torres, congratulations, man! Uh, much success going forward, and best of luck on October tenth. We're all pulling for you. Thank you very much, Chris. Great to talk to you again, man. It's been a long time. I'll, I'll never forget the times we did the commentary together. Um, I, I really enjoy and uh, miss you, man. Thank you for all the all the help and uh, things you've done. So thank you. Thanks to Torres Finney for giving us uh, a little bit of time talking about his MMA career and best of luck to Torres coming up on uh, October the 10th as he heads to Vegas and to, uh, to fight uh, in a UFC event. And I guarantee you once that is over and Torres has that win, we'll have him back on to uh, talk more about it, but uh, really cool things going on for Torres Finney and certainly proud of, of what he's, uh, what he's been able to accomplish. We look forward to uh, visiting with Torres again. We look forward to seeing you back here with us again on the Box on the Mic podcast. I'm Chris Goforth. Our producer's Ben Tate Johnson. We'll see you soon. Until then, so long and go Mox. Thanks for listening to Mox on the Mic. Please remember to rate, subscribe, and review. 
and we'll see you again soon.